Welcome to Believe with Becky. This is the podcast where we practice the skill of confidence, celebrate individual strengths, and believe in your limitless potential for growth. I'm your host, Becky Smith. Hello and welcome to the podcast. How's your summer going? Mine's been really good. I can't believe it's almost over. Just a couple more weeks and my kids will be back in school and we get to reset and reevaluate for the year coming up. Uh, Our summers seem to be pretty short in Arizona as far as the school schedule, but summer weather lasts quite a bit longer than that. So I'm looking forward to that next chapter. Today, I have a guest that I'm excited to introduce you to. Her name is Carrie Ann Hoops. Carrie used to live in the same town as me. She has moved on the other side of the valley, but I still keep an eye on her through social media, and I've been so excited to see all the great things that she is doing in the world. She is a photographer, and she has really exemplified the things that I teach in my podcast um, of personal growth, um, of knowing yourself really well, of vulnerability, putting yourself out there, and also building others up is something that she's really good at. She has a Facebook page that she collaborates with um, other people on, and it's called High Five Live. So go ahead and check that out. She, You can find her on Instagram at Carrie Hoops Photography, and you can see some of her great work there. I have just been really inspired by her efforts in learning and growing and developing herself. And because she is a photographer, I chose the title, um, that life is like a camera because she has a quote that she talks to us about that, that I thought really went along with everything that I believe in and everything that I teach um, on this podcast. So I hope you really enjoy this next little bit listening to our conversation. And here we go. So welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thanks. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks for asking me to join you. Thanks for doing this. Um, I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself to my audience. Yeah, I'd love to. I um, am a photographer. I When people ask me that, I always think, what are you? And, and, you know, I'm a mom and I'm a believer in Christ and I'm a wife, but I am a photographer. Like it is truly in my bones and blood. I feel like that's who I am. And, um, a, a talent and a gift that I've been given that kind of, it, it haunts me, but it also, um, it's who I am and it's what's built my life the way it is. And to explain why it haunts me a little bit is because it's, I, I go throughout my day, I see people and I think, oh, take a picture of that. <laughs> In my dreams, I think mathematically, okay, if I've got to photograph seven people, And I know there's two trees in that spot. I got to figure out how to mathematically get them so that the trees are in the right spot. Oh, I love it. Something in my brain. Yeah. 
No, I love it. That's great. So that leads right into what I wanted to talk to you about, which was your photography business and you know, just kind of wondering how it all started and just how it's blossomed to where it is today. Can you tell us about that? Sure. I'd love to. Um, thanks for your interest too. I, I always have been a documenter. So I have always journaled. I, you know, in high school, and I remember as a young child, like saving my ticket stubs and um, just writing things down. And I had someone wise tell me, my grandmother, who I don't believe was a journaler, but she told me one time, because I've never been a sleeper, I can't sleep, my mind is always going. And she said, at the end of the day, just write down your thoughts, like just get it out of your head. And I, and I was very young. I don't remember how old. I, it seems like I was about eight or 10. I've always written things down. And um, because of that, because kind of that documentary idea in my brain to like write things down and memorialize things. And I uh, always had this interest to like take pictures, but I never really did. My sister Katie would take pictures. And I remember she went to a summer camp and did that. And I thought that would be so cool to like be able to capture things um, forever by, you know, with a camera, but it never really truly interested me until I was pregnant with our first child. And um, my husband said, you know, what do you want? Do you want to get a video camera? And I said, no, I want a camera. Like I, I want to be able to document things and put them in stills because my brain has always kind of worked like that in kind of a still shot. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily photographic memory, but like I've always pictured like uh, something in a, a still shot, not in a camera or in a video shot. And so he bought me my first Nikon and that was in 1998. And um, our son was born in 99 and I never really stopped. And so about 2005, um, I had a friend in Utah that was like, can you take our Christmas pictures? And so she had seen some of the pictures that I have taken of the kid, got into it. I just, I was documenting. And when I did her pictures, I realized I really enjoyed that aspect of really the mathematics of it and where everybody's placed. And it was, it was very, I loved those candid shots, but I also loved the placement and looking at all the layers of the composition of, a, of an image. And so we moved to Arizona and I um, continued just kind of like with my own family to the point where my kids were like, get out of my face. <laughs> you know, it was 13 years ago. I mean, they yeah. where we moved to Arizona and we moved here and for real, like within six months, I had a couple of people that were like, well, you, you know, be, before it got hot, you take my Christmas pictures just from pictures I had taken. I didn't have a Facebook or a website or anything like that. Well, by 2007, I, um, kind of the business had began without, um, trying and I, I was taking very little money. I just was doing it for friends and I loved it. And by 2008, um, I had a business and, you know, was actually involved paying taxes on it and all that kind of stuff okay. side of it. But it was that first year in 2006, when we moved to Arizona, I realized, um, in myself that I had the ability to capture kind of that snapshot in time 
and share that with others. And so it took a little bit of time. Um, I think probably like anything till you realize or you feel confident enough to do that, to put yourself out and be vulnerable like that. That was really um, organic for me. And, and it was weird that it wasn't very hard. And so did you do it for free at first? <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. I did it. I mean, I did it for probably three years for totally for free. Um, and I just did it for friends. And when someone referred me to somebody else, and that was in 2006, and I finally took money, but it was very minimal. So yeah. really my business started then. Um, I felt like, okay, somebody else sees my ability then maybe I need to see that in myself. And I just kept developing the talent. I spent a lot of time when my kids were at school, I would go out and take pictures in the desert and I would go in my backyard and I would take pictures of the dog running. Like I was constantly practicing. Um, around that time, YouTube videos kind of came into play and I learned a little bit like that, completely self-taught. And uh, anyway, by 2008, I had some people I worked at a school and. Um, I had so much work I could not keep up. And so I really figured out, okay, I need to figure out like, what is my specialty? What do I want to do? And I realized that the documentary part of me has always been there. It always will be. Um, and I loved those candid shots. I love those family shots. But in that time, um, I had somebody that asked me, uh, to photograph somebody that was getting ready to pass away. And I did not think I could do that. I, I thought, there's no way. The pressure, I had not shot a wedding. There had never been anything that was that important. And um, they were getting ready to, to die of cancer, a very aggressive uh, brain cancer. I took those pictures, and the week later, this guy died. And his, his face is in my mind regularly because he's the one that gave me the courage, was so um, kind and so encouraging. And he could tell that it was hard on me to document this last little part of his life. And the last part of him with his children, that his children would have these images of him with them. And I came home from that shoot. It was a pivotal moment in my career, like very pivotal moment. I came home. And I remember my husband hugged me. It was on a Saturday afternoon. He hugged me and he said, how did it go? And I literally could not speak. I just went up and I climbed into bed and I just cried. And it was kind of a twofold cry. Number one, I was exhausted emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that I had captured the moments that I had prayed before I went that I could do that. But I, I knew that I had captured the moments that his wife wanted and on the second fold of that cry was how grateful I was that I was able to do it for their family. Um, humbled and honored to be a part of it. I was, I was rough. It was rough for me for about two days when I realized this, what I had done was something very, very hard for me and very vulnerable. Um, a few days I kind of came out of it and, and was just so grateful. Um, lots of thanks to, his wife and other people that had supported me over the years. But at that time I realized I would always give back because um, when we're given a talent, we need to be able to share it. A few days later, I got word that he had died. And when I went to the funeral, all of my images 
were all over and they were blown up like life size, like five feet high by three. Yeah. Foot. And they, they were, they were great shots. Um, but they captured who he was at the end of his life. And it really captured who he was as a husband and a, and a dad. And so from that point, I just started taking on challenges and I yet was scared to do a wedding. And <laughs> Al told me, you're going to shoot my wedding in about a year. We just got engaged. And I said, no, no, no. Anyway, you're about a month before her wedding. She said, we still don't have a photographer and you were doing it. And I said, I am not getting into the wedding business. Anyway, she didn't hire a photographer and I didn't charge her for that wedding. <sighs> it's one of my favorite weddings. Um, it, it all turned out great. They all knew it was my first wedding and it was by far one of my, I put so much effort into it. Now I photograph everything and I love all of it. And, um, it has grown and I can be more selective now in what I choose to photograph. Um, I travel a lot and I travel for weddings and I travel to photograph LDS temples. And I just have this um, great career where I can really choose what I want to. And um, yet I'm still told that I'm one of the more reasonably priced photographers. And because of that, um, I really can choose what I want to do and really passion projects. Yeah. So I noticed in there that you said one of the keys was being vulnerable, right? Putting yeah. yourself out there. Another one was actually recognizing your own talent. And yeah. the, the funeral helped you to, to see that. And then another one was growth. Like you kept growing. Like you weren't just like, oh, that was a great shoot. And now I don't have to try anymore. You were still taking pictures and, and, and the wedding thing is interesting to me because, um, I, yeah, I just thought that came easy for you because you seem to do it so seamlessly, you know, <laughs> I had no idea how scary that would be, but that would be scary. It's someone's big day, right? It's yeah. I mean, it's that once, you know, you get, you get that one shot to get that first kiss. Yeah that one shot to make sure that your SD card is right and that oh. all good and everything is saved. <laughs> and you know, it's also, we're using um, a piece of machinery. Is that machinery going to work? Yeah. So in that process, before that wedding, I bought another camera so that I had a backup. I now have three cameras. I bought multiple cameras over the years and yeah. in a constant trade, but I always have a backup plan and that backup plan is my backup camera. Um, and back to what you said, you know, life, life is a process. Um, there, I think with anything, we have to keep, we have to be willing to number one, be, be vulnerable. Number two, be open to growth. And number three, be able to recognize the good and the bad and, and learn from that. Um, you know, it's one of those really tricky things. I think growth happens when we want it to. We have to be the ones that, um, take the action. And if we don't, um, we're not going to grow. We're not going to be vulnerable. It, it's such a tricky, I don't know what the right word is, but it really is a tricky game. If we give into it, one of my favorite quotes, and I have actually quoted this. I actually, um, have many friends that have joked when they see this on, um, on a, I actually have it in a t-shirt. One of my friends, I shared this quote 
on another podcast and one of my friends bought me this t-shirt and this is what it says, but it actually is a quote and I don't know, I don't know who it's from, but it says, life is a camera. Just focus on what's important, capture the good times, develop from the negatives. And if things don't work out, just take another shot. And I have lived by that motto since probably before I even heard about the quote. I, I have been fortunate enough to be very um, specific in my learning. And so I haven't had a lot of complaints in my career as to I didn't like this or I didn't like that or um, had negative feedback. I am very much a person that listens to what the client needs. Yeah. But I really listen to myself. And like you said, um, being able to recognize in myself that growth and that talent. I was proud of myself on those small little achievements. When I would get, I remember I took a picture of a flower um, and I, I probably took a hundred shots of it, but I was learning. I was changing the camera settings. Um, I didn't have my camera in auto. And that's where that growth comes from is that you have a backup plan, but you don't have a backup plan. You have to put yourself out on the ledge and figure things out. And I took, like I said, about a hundred shots of this flower. And it was probably on the hundredth shot that I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. I totally got the lighting. I nailed the sharpness. I got everything in focus. I did exactly in my mind what I wanted to do, but it wasn't easy. I mean, so I love that you said that it seems like it's seamless. I, I, I think with anything, there's a lot of things that are super seamless for me. I don't have to think about it because I've thought about it in my dream. What camera setting would I have for this? I, I crack my family up because I see things and then I'm like, okay, I'd have that at this f-stop. I'd have this speed, this lighting, this aperture, all these things. But that's my life. No different than maybe say a makeup artist would go, oh, you know, I would put that kind of eyeshadow with her color or a yoga instructor would say, you know, I'd use this mat with these kind of this temperature in the room and this music to yeah. set the mood. It's like anything. It's kind of an orchestra. And so all the things have to come together, but you have to make it come together. You have to work hard for that. So the vulnerable side of that is the learning, putting yourself out there, asking questions. Um, it's been fun that over the last couple of years, I've been able to mentor people. And I have a friend um, who uh, actually lives out by you, Becky, but He's an older guy and I actually sold him one of my, um, a bunch of my camera gear. And for many years I helped him. And then one day the student became the teacher and he posted this picture and I was in tears. Oh. Heard it to my, to my photography page and said, he's incredible. Didn't say anything about like I had mentored him. Nothing. None of that mattered. Um, I, I feel like when we can give back, that's like our greatest reward. And in response, he was like, you've been the greatest mentor and the greatest teacher and so patient with me and helping. And it was so fun. And I thought if there's no greater joy than to see somebody flourish because you helped them, um, I, I believe strongly in, in community over competition. And so if we can help others and build each other, we truly, I mean, I think that's the greatest gift that we can get Yeah, being able to help others with the, the knowledge that we have. And so I, my growth has come from when I've helped other people and helped myself, like worked towards 
my goals to be better at myself. And with that, there is those downtimes. There's those times where you realize, you know, I'm not good enough for this. Like I, I shouldn't be doing this. Or you see someone that you know all the little, especially in a photograph, in the composition of a photograph, I see somebody getting all this praise and I think, why are they? Because this is off, this is off. I can tell looking at the picture. Yeah. And then I have to check myself. Okay, you know what? This isn't about you. This is about them. And they're in that growth thing. And you're still in that growth thing. I feel like that growth process never, ever changes. And if it does, then you need to stop and do something else because then your head is not on straight. You have to be willing to be vulnerable and realize, you know what? You're not perfect because nobody is. Yeah. We have to constantly be learning and growing towards that goal so that we can recognize in ourselves and recognize the good um, that came from all the hard work. Yeah, well, I really liked what you said about being proud of yourself, because one thing that I teach is that we think that confidence comes from like being good at something, right? You're good at something and then you're confident, but really right. confidence comes from your thoughts about yourself and yeah. you're proud of yourself. And you said that your opinion about your work is what mattered the most, yeah. not other people's opinion, but your opinion. And I also really liked that you kept a promise to yourself. Like you're like, I'm going to get this shot. And it took you a hundred times to get the flower, but you didn't stop. Like that, that is amazing to me. You, you well, went to but this social to media. I mean, think about the social media, Becky. And if we compared ourselves, that's why I think celebrities are even like standing out on that is look, this is a shot that was taken and look what they did. Yeah. And talking in a photography world that they're even standing up like, Hey, don't believe this baloney because this is the actual shot of me. And they didn't think it was good enough, but I'm proud of my body. Yeah. What I look like. And so yeah. we go throughout life worrying about what other people think or how yeah. much money we made or how successful we are on paper from our career because of the amount of money or accolades or whatever it be. Then what growth have we gained? I mean, really, we, if we aren't willing to take a moment and think about who we are and guess what? It doesn't mean that you have to be at your end goal. You can be proud of those small little moments yeah. for that flower. And, and honestly, it could have been 200 shots on that flower. I don't remember. I just remember thinking I am not stopping until I get this because I know I have it in me. I know I can do it. I know I can figure it out. And once I did that little, nobody else cared that I got the flower the way I wanted to get the flower. And I, I probably still don't even have that shot. <laughs> I deleted it off, but none of it mattered because it's what we see in ourselves and what we are willing to open ourselves up to. And the fact that I'm willing to say, I don't know if it was a hundred shots or 200 shots. I didn't have it perfected, but I was willing to work so that I could get it to what in my mind, the goal of perfection was which was that balance of light and that sharpness. Yeah. Uh, and yet I, uh, there was probably, a not, you know, there was probably 50 shots that were great. But for me, I knew what I wanted. And, and if we don't set that goal, if we don't decide what we want, then really we're not goal making. We're not, we're, we're just, you know, dreaming. We have yeah. to 
able to set something down, whether it be on paper or tell somebody for accountability, yeah. you have to be able to be willing to go the extra mile um, until we can achieve that. So do you have any goals right now that you've set or where are you heading right now? I know you're a, you're a church service missionary, right? And you take pictures of temples all over. Um, is that the main focus or where, where are you at right now? Well, you know, it's funny because if you had asked me even a few months ago, it would have been totally different. I feel like number one is moms. We are constantly ever changing what our goals are to fit what fits into the family. Um, I, I actually have quite a few goals. One of those goals is um, just to give myself more time, be pa more patient with myself. Um, in 2007, well, let me say this. I, uh, I am a church service missionary photographer, so I donate um, my time to the church, whatever assignments they have, and whatever pictures that I have, I donate to them. I actually have an assignment for them this week for one of their, for the main church page. Um, I'm photographing somebody that I'm, re it, it really is, when I got the call, I was so humbled, and I told them that, and they said, well, this is something you do all the time. And it put me into tears and I was so grateful that I've still kind of kept myself in check and being grateful for um, the opportunities regularly to be able to give back and to be able to serve. And so one of, I think probably my biggest goals is just to not lose that, to not ever lose sight of the fact that we need to give back. Um, in 2017, um, I made the goal to photograph 30 temples and I hit that goal and I achieved it and I overachieved it with 38 temples. Yeah. One calendar year. And I traveled a ton, but I was at a place in my life where mentally I wasn't in a good place in my life. And mm -hmm. I was trying to find myself. I had a kid that was getting ready to graduate. I was, I think a midlife crisis is probably a good terminology. Yeah. I was getting close to 40. I had just finished school. Um, I finished my bachelor's that year and I just was feeling the pressure to get my, get my head kind of wrapped back around um, being able to give back and, and to serve my family. So I photographed 38 temples that year. In 2018, um, my son was getting ready to leave on his mission. He was graduating and all that. And I, I, my goals were very different. I wanted to be around my family this year. My goal was to be here with my daughter. She, um, she's preparing for her mission and she'll be leaving here soon. We should have her call in the next month or so. And so my goal right now is just to be in the moment. Um, I feel like things are so fleeting with my kids. I've got another one that is just turned 16. So I've got two years with him and I feel like 2020, 2020's got kind of some big open wide spaces for me to um, put a lot of effort back into photography and um, to do a little bit of traveling 2018, 2019. I didn't travel nearly like I did in 2017, but this is the thing that I found, Becky, is um, those little goals, it's okay for them to change. Like you and I had talked about, I, I really wanted to be this spring, I wanted to be in Italy um, for a specific shoot and, and it didn't happen. And it was amazing how the disappointment wasn't a disappointment. I 
um, have grown closer to Christ and focused on my spiritual well-being, my mental well-being, and being able to to do that. And so for me right now, um, being mentally sound and being healthy, I'm bipolar, and I know that um, photography is my healing medicine. And so I really, I don't set very long-term goals anymore. The only one that I have is that um, I remember to, to serve others and to give back. That, that's my long-term goal until otherwise noted because I, I just don't feel like I can commit to any other long-term goals because if I do that, then I'm serving the Lord. And if I keep just that in check, then I'm good. But the short-term goals, um, yeah, I, I just be able to have the ability financially and physically and spiritually and mentally to give more to the church and to, um, anybody that needs it. I, it's, it's not a common knowledge thing here. It is. I'm going to put it out there, but <laughs> I really donate, um, two to three weddings a year. And, um, there's a lot, lot of photo shoots that I donate. And my goal is to double that, um, in 2020. And for me to be able to do that, um, there's, you know, a lot of things that kind of have to fall into place. Like, timing. And one of those things that I'm doing in September is uh, I'm going on a humanitarian uh, trip to Guatemala to photograph for a very well-known artist. Um, we're going down with her, her actor who portrays Christ and we're photographing um, him so that she can paint him with, with the children down there. And I'm really looking forward to that time of giving back um, and really finding those times in the moment and being present for my family. Um, I, I realized more in the last year, my son left last September. So he graduated in May of 2018, left on his mission in September of 2018. I have a daughter who just graduated in May of 2019. Our life has changed dramatically. Um, and I, I'm just trying to be present and recognize how quickly those are and those times will change. But yet each time that happens is so exciting. Yeah. Well, I think those are great goals. Being present is a huge one and the giving back. And I like also that in order to give back, you have to be doing well in your business too, right? Like you have yeah. to, you have to have all those paying clients so that you can have, you know, give, give back also. So, yeah. yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah, I think I've been blessed and fortunate that way um, to be able to do that. But I also find myself, because I am selective now, what I photograph and who I photograph, um, I'm blessed because it's, it's, for me, it's a very spiritual matter. I, you know, it's really funny when you were talking about that giving back. I, um, when we were, having my daughter, um, I remember the doctor had missed, the doctor missed the delivery he, by, <laughs> by a few minutes. He, he missed That's the not good. <laughs> I know. Well, he had never missed one and usually yeah. my were pretty long, but I remember, um, when we went to the one week checkup, he said to me, you know, before every delivery, I always have a prayer with my client, with my patient. 
And he goes, I think that just hurt me that I didn't get to have that prayer with you before you delivered. And I found that I, I never had forgotten that, um, that that was something that he did, even with people of different faiths. He, hmm. he had a prayer so that he would be directed to do the right thing and to keep everybody safe and everybody healthy. And that's something that has come very much into my business is that I'm very prayerful um, that I can capture what needs to get captured. It's a very spiritual thing. Every single thing for me is very spiritual in that sense that I can capture for clients, you know, what they would want to remember and that it will be those memorable times that they can remember back on those. But at the same time that I can be spiritually minded and open and be able to listen to what their needs are. And so, you know, he passed that on to me and I hope I can pass that on to somebody that when you put the Lord first, everything else seems to kind of fall into place. And, um, it's, it's worked for me so far. Yeah. I really like that. I was going to ask you what advice you would give to someone starting out or maybe having that midlife crisis, but you might've already answered it right there. But if you just want to add anything on, what would you tell people? Um, start, if you're starting out, whether it be a photography business or whatever, um, a hairstylist or a doctor, learn and enjoy that time of learning and also respect the process. Mm, uh, that's a good one. Cause it is you a have process. To you have to respect the process because you, um, you have to know, I mean, there's a reason we go to school. There's a reason why we learn. And there's a reason why we're not given our gifts without learning them. Um, we can be given. And I, I think of like a singer, I can't sing worth beans, but Anybody that can sing, let's take Celine Dion. Yeah. I, I think she's got an incredible voice. That voice wasn't just there. She had to develop that talent. Mm -hmm. Had, I'm sure, singing teachers um, and instructors, and yet I'm sure people critiqued her too. Yeah. And so you have to respect that process is that don't give up. Because even if you're feeling like you're in the low that's when you're teachable. That's when you are going to, you're just getting ready to hit your peak because you're going to learn something new because you're willing to recognize, okay, I still have more learning to go. Um, number two, be patient. Mm. Be yourself, be patient with um, whoever you're working with. My husband all the time will walk, he comes to a lot of shoots with me, especially when I've got big families. He loves to go with me and he'll help me. And he truly does love to go with me and spend time with me, but he's like, I love to watch you work. And he said, you're so patient with people. Like, Even though I could tell you wanted to scream, <laughs> but that's the thing is that it's still fun for me because it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. When it's not a challenge anymore, then I'll stop doing it. When it's not fun anymore, I won't continue to do it. That's, that's and a good one. That's a really it, good one. Yeah. I mean, why keep doing something you don't want to do? Yeah. So I've been fortunate enough that my hobby also crosses over to my business. Yeah. But I, I think one of the greatest pieces of advice that I can, that I can share is um, just do what you love. And, and honestly, if you're, if you feel, if you don't feel compelled to do it anymore, then you need to really find something because this for me 
truly, yes, it's a hobby. Yes, it's a career. But number, the biggest part of that number there is for me, it is who I am. Mm. And when I get behind the camera, the rest of my life and my worries, they really truly wash away. I feel like I become, I just come alive. I love that. It is, it is my passion. It is what and who I am. And not that everybody feels that desire. I don't know that my husband gets up and he's a VP of sales and goes, man, I know he loves his job, but I know there's a lot of times where he questions, what the heck? Like, what is happening? And I have a lot of times where I feel that. Yet at the end of the day and in the beginning of the morning, I'm still watching the sunset. I live by the sunset and sunrise by the light. Mm -hmm. So I know what time. I'm not going to go out and shoot a picture at noon. It controls my life. That sunset continues and continues. I have a friend who, um, he, and it's one of my favorite quotes. He says, every sunset is an opportunity to reset. And I love that because at the end of the day, if it was a crummy day, guess what? We know that the sun's going to set, the sun's going to rise again, and you get to start all over. And so if you, over that time, if that sun has set and then it rises and you don't have that passion, you don't see yourself doing that, then you need to find what is you, what, what makes you happy. Um, I have a friend who all, she has to have chocolate every day. It's not thing. I don't have chocolate, but I need to have my camera. It's an extension of my arm. And so, you know, whatever it is that's yours, um, find it, seek it, look for it and put all you got into it, put all your guts into it and make sure your heart is in it. And, and then just don't stop. Don't stop learning. That is excellent advice. And I think a great place to stop. Carrie, that was amazing. Thank you so much. You hit all the points of my podcast, like all the tenants, like believing in yourself, growth, potential, like all of that confidence. That's so fun. And I didn't even know. That, you didn't that know you it. That's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for having me. I, I really am truly honored. Okay. Uh, thanks again. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment and rate and review me in iTunes so others can find this podcast and maybe share it with a friend. Maybe take a minute to show them how to listen to a podcast. I know there's still people that aren't even familiar with what a podcast is. And also remember that you can contact me at believefitness at yahoo.com. You can find me on Instagram at Believe with Becky Podcast. And you can also find me on my website, believewithbecky.com. Again, thanks for listening and bye for now.